This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord. Well, tonight I'm really excited and once again, you know, so honored to be able to bring the word to you. So a very, very big thank you to mom and dad, Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for this opportunity. Just like to open in prayer if I may. Father God, we just thank you for your goodness, Lord. You are so awesome. Thank you for your amazing presence in this place, Father. Thank you for your word that never returns void. Thank you, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord. Especially in this world, Father, that, that we just seem to be on shifting sands. We just can't seem to count on anything, but we can count on your word. And we thank you, Lord God, tonight that as we look into your word, Lord God, I thank you for the honor of being able to be your mouthpiece. But Holy Spirit, I know I can do nothing without you. And so I submit myself completely to you as the teacher. And thank you that this word will be planted in our hearts and bear fruit in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said, amen. Well, I'm so glad you came. We are now in week number two of our seven-part series called Seven Choices. And you know, here's the thing, what I love about this ministry is that we've got such good doctrine, good beliefs, great values. But you know, family, <laughs> with all of that, we have to make the right choices. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. You know, I, I really think that it's, it has great value to go to the gym and to work out and to run and do all those things. But if you could see my chicken wings, you would know it's not really a choice that I have made, right? So we have to make the right choices as well. And really, this is what the series is all about, is making the right choices. It is a pastoral series because we want you to live a better life. You know, the Bible is full of these promises where it speaks about embellishing our lives, enlarging our lives, or let me use biblical terms, to enrich our lives in every way. And God has that desire for us. I mean, and here's the thing, though, we, we can't just hear it. We can't just even amen it. We actually have to choose it, right? So I want to just look at our memory verse of last week, Proverbs 2, verse 11. How many of you remember that, right? And what does it say? Wise choices, watch over it. Watch over us. The way I like to say it is this, the choices that I make determines the kind of person that I'm gonna become. Now, teacher Paul did such a great job last week of showing us all of our next steps. And that is so important in our lives because you know, those of you who did great decisions, congratulations, I mean, that's amazing. But here's the thing, you know what? It's, it's so important that we realize, I, I, can't just, I can't just say the prayer, make the decision, you know, I'm a Christian now, I'm going to heaven, I've got fire insurance, I'm not going to hell, and that's it. <laughs> The most exciting part of being a Christian is that we continue to grow. I mean, I've been born again for over 40 years, and you know what? God is still doing a work inside of me. He's still growing me. He's still showing me things. Never stay where you are, family. Just don't make a decision. That, you know, God never wanted you to stop where you started. He wants us to grow, and that's the joy of being a Christian, is that we continue to grow. That's why we're always speaking about growth track. Let me just say this, we've got step three next week, but I encourage you really also to go on step one. The reason being that this is where you decide if this is going to be your home church. And let me tell you, we need 
to have a home church. And maybe it's not here, but it needs to be somewhere. So I want to just draw that to your attention. But tonight, let me tell you what I'm going to talk about. This subject, right, that is mentioned more than 10 times, then the subject of prayer more than three times, then the subject of love. And you may say, but Pastor Jenny, love is like the main theme of the Bible. Well, here's the thing. You can't just have love. You need to give love. Amen. So we're going to discuss today how to choose to live a life that's so great, and that is to be generous, to actually choose to live a generous life. Relax, it's not a money message, I'm not going to be sending the bags around. Okay, you'll see, we're talking about giving who I am, family, to live generously, to actually give my life away. And the way that I like to say it is the value of my life is not determined by how much I achieve, by how much I accumulate, but it is about how much of my life that I give away. And let me tell you, I wanna do a bit of a Bible study, but really it is about how God really wants us to live this kind of life, and not only to live it, but to choose it. And let me just say that in, in this church, we have the most generous people that I have ever met. But really they are, I wanna just light a little bit of a fire on the inside of us again, And there are people that have yet to discover the absolute joy of living a life where we give our lives away and really make a difference. Let me tell you what Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The next verse out of the NIV says this, the generous person will prosper. He who refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, some people, when they hear this word prosper in church, they immediately start wincing a little bit. But let me say this, family. The word actually is a Hebrew word, and the word is selach. And what it means is that God will push you forward. In other words, God sees your generosity, and he says, listen, that's how far you've come on your own. I am going to take you to the next level. That's what he intended for you. See, if you have a look at Psalm 112, verse 5, it says, Good will come to those who are generous, those who lend freely, those who conduct their affairs with justice. Now, in the New Testament, we see the Apostle Paul, and he was mentoring this young man called Timothy, and he writes this to him, 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17. He says, Tell the people in your congregation, the rich in this world, to quit being so full of themselves so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow, and here's the message that I have for you tonight. Tell them to go after God. And family, really, that's all. That's the message that I have. It's what I'm so desperately trying to do tonight. And you know, maybe I kind of look like that proverbial duck on the pond where it doesn't seem to be moving. But those little legs are going like this, and that's how I feel inside of me, because I just want you to go after God, because I know what he has for us. He carries on, he says, who piles on all the riches we could ever manage. Why does God pile on riches for us? To do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. And watch what happens if they do that. All of the East Rand's gonna be fed. It's going to eliminate all poverty in the world. Well, those are the reasons we do it. But let me tell you, God has got a whole other motivation for us. He says this. He says if they do that, 
He will, they will build a treasury. One translation says, for themselves, that will last. And he's talking here about heaven. Jesus put it this way. He says, on earth as it is in heaven. This is really what life is all about. Praise the Lord, because he carries on. He says, gaining life that is truly life. Some of us haven't yet discovered what true life is according to the word of God. So we can really see this as a major theme in scripture. In actual fact, there's about 2,100 verses just on generosity. I wanna share one more with you right now, which is in Acts 20 and verse 35. And it says, it's the Lord Jesus himself. And so ultimately it brings it back to Jesus himself. He said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And this word blessed is, the, is actually the Greek word for makarios, and what it's, it means is, is to have internal joy regardless of circumstance. So whatever it is we're going through, we have a joy knowing, man, God's got this. God's got this. So today I want to do a little bit of a Bible study, really look at, at sort of two main chapters in the Bible tonight, and that is 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. And this is, give you a bit of background, we all know that Paul was an apostle, which means that he was planting churches. And what he would do is he would then write these letters to the churches. And if you know your Bible, you know in the New Testament, most of it is actually made up of these letters called the epistles, right? So what he would do is he would go somewhere and he would start a church and he would raise up the leadership, give it some good governance, teach them some things, and then he would carry on to the next church. Most of them were in non-Jewish areas. In fact, most of them in modern-day Turkey. Last week, we spoke a lot about those letters that were written to Ephesus, the church there. There's Philippi, there's a church called uh, Colossae, and this one is to the, the church in Corinth, the town of Corinth, right? And this is actually the second letter that he's writing to them. And what he's saying is he's saying, listen, guys, when I was with you the last time, we spoke about the fact that we actually want to receive this offering. We want to be a blessing to the mothership, as it were, the church in Jerusalem, right? So he's like, I'm going to come there shortly. I want to be this and do this, and we want to get together. So let's focus on how we're going to do this, because it's seriously exciting. Okay, so let's have a look. Second Corinthians chapter 8, and I'm reading from verse 1. He says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want, to, we want you to know about, listen, the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And he starts with almost creating this little bit of healthy competition between them. And he says, hey, before I talk to you about how we're gonna do this, I want you to know there are these other churches that are also involved in this. Now watch the language he uses. He says, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And notice, he's not talking about the offering it's not about the money. It's the fact that they had this grace on them. Like they really wanted to do this. They had something on them to do it. And then he says this, in the midst of a very severe trial. How many of you have ever been through a very severe trial? It's very hard to focus on somebody else's needs at that time, right? He says, in the midst of a very severe trial, watch this now, their overflowing joy, even though they were extremely poor, not just poor, extremely poor, can you see that joy and poverty can actually coexist if you know God? I mean, like, bad things can be happening around externally, but you're still gonna have this joy on the inside. 
their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, watch the language, welled up. I mean, they couldn't help themselves. So Macedonia didn't have a lot, right? Didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a lot of anything. But Paul says, look, I've already received what they're going to give, man, and it is amazing. It welled up in what he called rich generosity. Watch this now. Or I testify that they gave as much as they were able. In fact, they actually gave more than we thought they were going to, beyond their ability. My family, I'm saying this again. I'm not preaching this to you because you're not generous. But listen to this. It carries on. He says, entirely on their own. Like, we didn't have to go there. We didn't have to receive an offering. We didn't have to preach about it, right? They urgently pleaded, don't leave us out. Don't leave us out. They urgently pleaded for the privilege of sharing in the service to, this, to the Lord's people. Watch this. It says they exceeded our expectations. I mean, Paul's really bragging on this Macedonian church. It says they gave, not just money, right? They didn't just grab their wallets. They gave themselves, firstly to the Lord, and then by the will of God to all these people too. And now he's like, hey, Corinthian church, you're amazing too. Man, you, you just excel in everything, in faith. I mean, you're like one of the best churches that you've ever planted. I mean, faith and speech and knowledge and calmness and all these things. See to it that you also excel. Again, not in the amount of giving, but the grace of giving. He says, I want you to enjoy it like Macedonia does. He says, I'm not commanding you. Love the language, right? You don't have to. But I want you to, I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Then he carries on, he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he brings it back. It's not even about the Macedonian churches. We're talking here about the Lord Jesus. I mean, he's sitting in, in, in sheer luxury in heaven, streets of gold and pearly gates. And it says, but he came for your sake. He humbled himself and came to earth, became a poor person so that you, through his poverty, may become rich. Watch this now. He says, and here's my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first, not only to give, but also to have the desire. Notice again, all the motivations. It's never about obligation. He says, so now finish the work so that your eager willingness, and here's the language again, your eager willingness to do it, do it may be matched by the completion of it according to your means. God never expects you to give something you don't have. Right, the last verse, really just get this, this is for me so amazing. It says, for if the willingness is there. So in other words, if you can just find the absolute joy, the absolute delight, the desire in it, if the willingness is there, that's what makes the gift acceptable to God. How many of you ever received a gift that was given with attitude? Not very cool, is it? That's what makes the gift acceptable to God. Not according to what, what, what one does not have, but according to what one has. I'm saying it again. God will never ask you for something you don't have. But notice, family, all these things are about this internal motivation. Now, if you're new to our church, I'm so glad you came tonight. 
This is one of our core messages, family, really. You see, there are commands of God, but none of us are following it because of the command. We're following it because, you know, not because God said to, but because we urgently, earnestly want to do it. And really, if there's a message in the Old Testament, it is really that God gave laws and he wrote them on these stone tablets and he said, you better do this or else. But in the New Testament, Jesus comes along and he says, Love the values. I'm not changing the principles. But now, we're not writing them externally. We're writing them internally. We're not writing them on the tablets. We're writing them on the tablets of our hearts. So here you have to do it. Here you want to do it. And that is my message to our family. See, in this church, you're never gonna hear us say, you need to read your Bible more. We're rather going to tell you the absolute thrill of discovering God in the scriptures. We're not going to say to you, you need to pray more, you need to pray more. No, we're rather going to tell you the delight of having communion with your maker, of having conversations with the one who can change everything. It's the motivation. It's all about the motivation. And so really that is what this message is about. It's about the motivation of, of generosity. And let me tell you, if I'm putting the guilt on you tonight, you're hearing it wrong. I'm trying to get the guilt off you, that we have a desire to want to be generous, a desire to to, want to be a blessing, and to choose it every time to have an attitude of giving. And let me tell you, if we do that, we're going to find a whole new version of ourselves, and we're going to love that version as we just choose it every day and in every way. Now, I've got five words that I saw in that text that I really want us to just unpack a little bit. And the first word is that we should choose to give joyfully. So many times we saw in the script there, you know, that that it was the overflowing joy. And that's what generosity is all about. It is really fun. You know, it's just, if you've been around for a while, you know that, let me just show you the little one in case you think I'm giving you the big one. We have these little cards. This is what they look like, okay? Anybody know these? You don't need to put that in your pocket. You can take a bunch of these. They're available at the Connection Center straight after the, the message. But you know, just keep them handy. I keep them in my phone because my phone pretty much goes wherever that I, I, I'm going. And what it says, it says something extra to show, let me show you this one, that God loves you. And at the back it says Christian Family Church. So do we. We also love you, Okay. And what we do is this, is when God, and I'm saying again, family, as God stirs your heart, as the Holy Spirit stirs you to do something for someone, just give them that as well so that God can be glorified in your giving. Amen. I just, you know, I think, again, I want to just say, there's so many acts of kindness that if we just listen to the voice of God, and just be obedient at that moment. And I want to give you a little, couple of little testimonies. One where I was really the recipient of, of a blessing, and, and then another one where I was able to be a blessing. But I had on Tuesday night, it was not a good night for me. Well, it was a very good night on the one hand, but emotional overload, like you can't believe. We were having these virtual meetings with Apostle C and Dr. Bev, and first lot in the year, so it kind of went on and on. And at the same time that this was happening, my daughter-in-law was in the UK giving birth to my granddaughter. So you can imagine, I mean, it was emotional overload, right? I'm a girl, just 
bear with me, right? So I got to bed really, really late on Tuesday night, and I got to work on Wednesday morning, and I was like a bit bombed out, to be honest. Belinda Wormerans from the Children's Ministry walks into my office. She never comes to my office with this huge mug of a mug and bean cappuccino. I was like, God, that's only from you. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Being obedient. I mean, she knew nothing about that stuff. She just felt led to come buy me a coffee and to bring it to my office first thing in the morning. Just such a gift from the Lord. I was... I popped into the spa a little while ago. Just I was in a hurry. I needed to get something really, really quickly. And I saw this guy standing there, elderly gentleman, a little basket with a few things inside it. And he's like looking at this stuff. And it looked to me like he was trying to figure out if he had enough money or not. And the Lord kind of just put in my heart, just gave him some money, you know, which I did. And to my absolute amazement, instead of staying in the, in the line, he went back into the store and bought more stuff. Such a blessing. But, you know, just to, to think that he... What he was looking at is that, can I, can I live on this? And praise God, you know, just to be there, but just to find that joy, to be able to be a blessing. We know the scripture so well in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. Do you know this word cheerful in the Greek is actually the word hilarious. You're right, that's what it means. You're laughing so much. People think you're crazy anyway. They do not understand generosity. They don't. To the point, family, would you believe that the Wall Street Journal put out this article which is called Hardwired for Giving because they could not understand why people give. And it's based on Darwin's evolution theory of, you know, the, 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 the survival of the fittest and, you know, only the strongest are going to make it and that it's built into the heart of man to take care of themselves and I'm going to win. And even if that means you're going to lose, I am going to be the strongest. And it's built on the whole thing that, you know, that, that men will, people will keep what they have, right? And they don't share anything. And then they stopped and they're like, why is it that people give? You can read it. It's, as I said, it's, it is available. You see, and here's the thing that they discovered. Would you believe it? That in your brain, there's actually a release of endorphins and hormones that makes you feel really good inside when you are generous. And they're saying, how is that possible? Who put it there? Well, it wasn't Darwin. It was God. <laughs> because he wants us to enjoy being generous, family. He wants us to live that kind of life. The next thing I saw was that we give selflessly. Right? They gave themselves. And that's what made this so special to God. It wasn't just money, family. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then to others. Now, I love this quote by John Bernal. He says, if one first gives himself to the Lord... All other giving is easy. You see, when I give you something, it's part of who I am. My blood, sweat, and tears is in that. My time, my effort, every part of me is what I'm giving you here. And I mean, it's definitely shown in the dream teamers, right? You, you gotta be there. You gotta show up, right? And the Apostle Paul is saying, you know, this gift was a part of who they are. And where do we see it? I mean, the most is in Jesus, that was a gift of himself. I mean, he saw a sin problem. He didn't say, well, let me just grab my wallet here. He didn't say, well, I'll just send so-and-so. No, family, he gave himself. That's the reason that that is so special. And we read in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, it says, thanks be to God, to God sorry, for this indescribable gift. There are no words that can 
describe that. But that's the reason when you come to church and people are out there in the sun and in the rain and in the wind and in the winter, in the summer, they're not just dream team and family, there are people laying down their lives so that we can have a better experience. So be nice to your parking lot attendant today. Go say thank you to your children's church worker today. They don't have to do it. They do it so that our experience can be better. The third one is that we choose to give willingly. And I love this. I said, you're not doing it because you have to. Because if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. And this is in such contrast to people <laughs> that come here sometimes, and maybe because of their background or previous teachings. You know, when we get up here, we say, it's time for tithes and offerings. They're like, oh, you're going to put that on me now. Don't you know that that's an Old Testament law? And don't you know that actually we're under grace now? Okay, well, let's go with that. Okay, it's actually a covenant practice, but let's go with that, okay? So it's under the law. So you're under grace now, so you don't have to do it. So just ignore it. Let me tell you something. It doesn't make the principle go away. Right? It changes the motivation why you do it. Okay? So you don't have to do it. We now get to do it. Amen? It is a covenant practice that we can now be a part of, and we are able to partake of that covenant practice as well. Jesus' words, Matthew 5, 17. Do you, hang on, let me, do you not think, sorry, let me start again. Do not think that I've come to abolish the things of the Old Testament. I have not come to abolish them. I came to fulfill them. I came, let me put it in my words, I came to change the motivation behind it so that you want to do it. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's what he says. So, family, we give because it's in our heart to give. I'm so grateful to all the people that were in this church decades ago because of their giving from their hearts. We have these facilities, and we're playing it forward to the next generation. Amen. So, the willingness is there. The gift is acceptable. Here's the next one, number four. Choose to give intentionally. We see that, right? We have to plan it. We see how Paul comes here and he says, you're a very cool church, man. You excel in everything. I want you now to excel also in giving. I want you to be intentional about it. Let's have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. It says, you must each decide. Let me, let me say that again. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And I'm saying to you, family, don't let people start telling you how much to give. Right? And then he carries on and he says, do not give reluctantly. So don't be a Scrooge. And he says, but also, don't give in. So I'm saying to you, don't give in response to Somebody puts a cool video up there, makes you cry and cry and cry. The Bible says, don't be manipulated. And you may say to me, well, you know, <laughs> what are you doing today? I'm, I'm just trying to, family, I'm trying to stir you up to listen and hear the voice of God and to do what God tells you to do. And then, most importantly, to show you the joy in it. Because that is what he's, let me, I know, let me just assure you, the church is not broke, okay, we're good. We've got a lot of things we're going to do, but God's going to help us do it. He's going to do it through us, right? The word is clear. Listen, I want you to know, 
what the Bible tells us about covenant and about tithe, we know the word, but we do it because we want to. I really, really want this to, for you. Here's what I'm saying. Just say this to God and say it to him often. Am I supposed to do this? You ask him. Let God speak to your heart, whatever it might be. If, if somebody even brings a need before you, ask yourself first, God, must I do this? Because let me tell you, there are times that you shouldn't give. There are some times that we can maybe sow into the wrong places. Ask God, am I supposed to do this? And I promise you, this is what he's going to do. Have a look at 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to read it from verse 11. It says, he will make you rich. Not just in money. He will make you rich in every way, family. He's going to make you rich in ideas. He's going to make you rich in, in, in joy. And you know what rich means? It means more than I need. So if I've got more joy than I need, I'm going to give some to you. Amen? So whatever it is that God gives us, I can say, God, you've given it to me, and I'm going to give it away. He made me rich in every way so I can be generous on every occasion. And that generosity results in people getting saved. Now, we may be thinking, gee, God, I'm going to do all of that. I'm going to show you four things where we can intentionally give, just under this heading, all beginning with a T, the first thing we can intentionally give our time. And once again, I'm giving a shout out to our dream teamers. And they, they would say to you, well, we work one and we serve one. And you can ask them, well, do you really enjoy this? You'll find that they enjoy them both equally. Because you know what? When you're cleaning up a mess, maybe in the mall, it is a sacrifice unto God, and therefore it is worship. Or maybe you want to go help some person that needs, maybe someone in your street that just can't get to living lady living on her own. Go mow the lawn for her. Help her out. Worship unto God. The next thing I can intentionally give is my talents. Maybe you're sitting here right now and you're like, well, gee, I'm off that one because I don't have any talents. I've got news for you, family. I've got news for you. God says to each one, it has been given. Each one of us have a grace that's been given. And when, when I do that thing, I do it well. And therefore, I can, be, I can make a difference in somebody's life. And that's the reason we're always talking about Track so that you can actually find what that thing is. And, you know, maybe it's somebody that's really good with children. Maybe it's somebody that's really good with organizing or helping people or giving or even singing or speaking, whatever it might be. Make a difference. Use that talent to God's glory. And as I said, go on the growth track. It's only four hours. And it's an hour after church for four weeks, so you're here anyway, just do it. So the third thing is I can give my touch. And this is the easiest of all. I can pick up my phone and say, God put you on my heart. I'm just thinking about you. Can I pray for you? Do you know how many times I've done that? That person has come back to me and said, how did you know I'm facing this mountain right now? Just about every time. It makes such a difference. Well, how about this? I mean, just give a hug. I know a lady the one time, she, she actually came to church and she said, Lord, I need to know that you love me. Somebody walked up to her, hugged her and said, I want you to know God loves you. She was going to commit suicide. So smile. That's the easiest of all. Smile at your parking lot attendant today. <laughs> and then intentionally, the fourth one, give the things that you have and that is your treasure. So take your life, take your tithes, take your offerings, your money, and give it willingly to God as He directs you, family. And watch what God does when we do, we do that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, carry on. Okay. Now he and he is God who supplies, notice, 
seed to the sower. Push pause right there. Does God give stuff to everybody? No, God's got a lot of stuff, family, but He's not giving it to everybody. God supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. And then it says He will supply and increase your store of seed, which means we can continue to give, right? So in other words, God who has it all is not giving all to everybody. He's looking at, oh, is that what you're doing? I'm gonna give you more. He's looking at people He can trust. Jesus said this, whoever is a steward of a little can be entrusted with much. Not about how much or little we've got. It's a hard attitude. Go back to Corinthians. He says, he'll enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. He goes on to say, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity results again in people thanking God. So what should we do? Maybe you're going out for a meal after the church today. I'm not saying give the waiter a whopping, whopping amount of, of tip. I'm saying ask God. But if he tells you to do it, do it and give him one of your cards so God can be glorified. Just listen to what God tells you to do. Maybe just connect with your children. Just say, I want you to know I love you. Sometimes we need to do that. Pastor Johnny, maybe you should phone your mother. <laughs> maybe I should phone my mother. Maybe you should phone your mother. The person up the street that you know is maybe going through a, last, a hard time. Last choice, and that is that we give thankfully. Family, remember, he said we do it because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ who did it first. He became poor so that we might be rich. Psalm 116 verse 12 it says, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? Can I answer that question? I can't. You can't. Family, all that we can do is be obedient to his word and live the life that he has chosen for us to live. Amen. And if anybody says to you, why? Why is it that you choose to be so generous? Why do you do these things, family? And people will ask you that. Right? Then you can just say, God is the one who saved me. He rescued me. He was the one who gave me life. It's the least that I can do. I am his hands. I am his feet. I am his heart. Amen. Can I just pray for you? Father, I just thank you, Lord, for our amazing church. I thank you, Father God, for all that you've already done in and through us. I thank you, Lord God, this year in 2023, we want to ask you to stir us up to radical generosity. So help us, Lord God, to use these little cards and in obedience to your word, Lord, and just show acts of kindness to people, Lord. And really, Father, that we would just love to be generous, Lord, in both tangible and most meaningful ways. And that might just be a text, a word in season to somebody. It may just be something like a cup of coffee when someone's feeling down. Whatever it might be, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we do it to your glory, Father, because you saved us, you rescued us, you gave us a life. And we want to thank you for that, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that we say tonight that we don't pay our tithes because you said so. We do it because, Lord Jesus, we love you. We keep your commandments because we love you, because we want to, because we are thrilled and excited to be part of your covenant. And we are your children. We thank you, Father God, that even though 
It is such a wonderful experience for us to be able to do this. Let you still bless us on top of that. I just pray your blessing over every person here tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Just pour it out. Thank you, Father. We receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. While you've got your eyes closed, I just want to ask you, maybe there are people here tonight and you're saying, Jesus, but I've, I've actually don't feel like I'm part of that covenant. I, you're talking about something I know nothing about. Well, you know, if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The first step is, the starting place is, is to say the prayer, to believe it in your heart that Jesus actually died, gave his life so that you can have true life. Tonight it's as easy as anything. I'm just going to ask you in a few minutes if you would just raise your hand and we're going to say a prayer and God is going to, you're going to become a child of God tonight, right here in this place. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know, I used to live like that, but I, I stopped doing that and I really want to rededicate my life tonight. Well, in the moment, you can raise your hands as well. Perhaps you just want to know if you're really going to heaven. I'm going to ask you, firstly, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Secondly, if you want to rededicate your life. Thirdly, if you really want to know that you are going to heaven. Count to three if you could just raise your hand up real high wherever you are. One, two, three. Just raise up your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right here in the other auditoriums. And if you're online, just raise up your hand right there where you are. Jesus will see your hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. I'm going to ask that we just, everybody just say this prayer right now. Congratulations, what a great decision. Just say this, Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Tonight, I want to submit myself completely to you. I give myself to you, Lord. Thank you for your, thank you that you are my Lord. You are my Savior. From today, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. I am now born again. I am a child of God. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.